very, very welcome to today's edition of the continuation of our word seminar. I bring you greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, to hear your words, to be transformed by your word. Our hearts and our minds are open to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Our lives are about to take on a new meaning. If scripture means anything, then we're in the right place, doing the right thing. Hearing you, Lord, and equipping our spirits, developing our spirits, the glory of your word come into our spirits. Lord, this time around we're not just going to be hearers of the word but we are rightly positioned to be doers of the word and also doers of the work thank you father in jesus mighty name and the people of god say a mighty amen so we've been on the topic prevailing faith fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life so many things in the gospel so many things in the word of god that are made accessible to us you know the worst thing a christian can experience is to live a natural life no encounter with miracles know nothing about the blessings life just unfolds and you know Anything that happens to them is their lot for life. Anything that happens to them becomes their lot. And they will console themselves with many things. Many Christians are not taught to fight. Many Christians are not taught to win. They don't know the value of winning. Fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life if you've been with us in the topic from the beginning you realize the value of fighting the good fight of faith the value of taking what belongs to you taking possession he says upon Mount Zion it shall be deliverance it shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. Let me tell you this. Never feel any way. Never feel any way. Having a desire for prosperity. Don't feel bad about it. Because poverty is not good. Never feel bad about walking in perfect health. Never feel bad about it. I am a firm believer the message of prosperity. I'm a firm believer in it. I believe it alongside many other things. I believe the message of the cross. I, mis I believe the gospel of the resurrection. I believe in prayer. I believe in fasting. I believe in spiritual warfare. But I also believe in prosperity. He said, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as they are so prosperous now some Christians eh, because they think oh I don't have to you know follow the things of the world in quote they call those things the things of the world I don't have to follow the things of the world but to the believer Prosperity is not a thing of the world. Because you see, the devil can pry on poverty. Your, your holiness, your righteousness has not been taken through a litmus test till you have money. If you are poor and you're a humanizer, you have a spiritual problem. Because it takes money to follow girls. 
in a large scale. So if you find yourself, you are broke, and you, are, you find yourself doing something like that, yours is a different case. A lot of the time, your having money will be tested. Because you're, it's because you cannot afford some alcohol. So it's not like you don't want, you don't want to drink. You're, it's not, your righteousness is not strong. <laughs> your, 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 your discipline is not strong. You just don't have money. Just don't have money. When you start having money, when you start having food in your fridge and you fast, that's a true fasting. But when there's lack of food and you say you are fasting, that fast is not strong. Doesn't make noise in the realm of the spirit because that fast. Everybody knows that you actually need money to have food to be sure that your fast is valid. But what you are doing is called fast converter. Fast converter is you are fasting because you are hungry and you just have to convert the hunger into a fast. Your righteousness is not strong. <laughs> That's just by the way. But believe in the message of prosperity. Believe in prospering. Only don't be materialistic. That's another thing altogether. Only don't be... Have all things, let nothing have you. See, there's a difference. Have all things, never let anything have you. The problem now becomes when things have you like the rich young ruler, was offended because he was rich. That means his desire to maintain his wealth and his things was stronger than following Jesus. He could not give them up. When you are materialistic, you will cry when your phone is lost. When you are not materialistic, probably maybe because you have documents on it or something, if there are no documents of such sort on it, when you lose your phone, you know it is, it is not really lost. It still exists in the world. You know that this doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. You can produce it again. It doesn't define you. Cars don't define you. Houses don't define you. Take me anywhere. Take me anywhere. What is responsible for my prosperity, what is responsible for my progress, is inside me, it's not outside. So the things I have in my hand, if you think those are the things that make me, you are mistaken. You're mistaken. So, you come to that place in your life where you understand these things. You understand these things. You understand your place. See, you've come to understand your place with God. You know that prosperity is necessary for you because it's another opportunity to extend your godliness to people. When you have money, there's a lot you can do to help people. We're in a hurting world. We shouldn't be part of the problem. The world is already hurting. We shouldn't be part of the problem of the world where somebody somewhere has to give you money when you are supposed to be someone who is rather helping people. That's our calling. Our calling is to be helping people. How can you help people without money? So be a firm believer in the message of prosperity. I am a firm believer. I see some pastors speak against it. I, I don't have enough sense to think like that. So God prospers me. I don't, I don't, you know, foolishness is 
you don't have money, but you're talking against people who have money. That's foolishness. When you list what is foolishness, if anybody asks you, what is foolishness? I've given you one of the definitions. Foolishness is not having money and talking against people who have money. It's just the same as foolishness is talking against people, it's talking against miracles when you have never worked any. I'd rather listen to someone who works miracles and says that miracles are really not anything. Then I know the person has experienced it and the person can come up with a verdict and say, yes, miracles are really not anything. You know, some young pastors who say, when they see the one with crowd, they say it's not about crowd. No, have crowd first. Have crowd first. If you have crowd, I'll listen to what you are saying about crowd. So, it's not about miracles. Have miracles first. But you cannot not have miracles. You cannot not have crowd. You cannot, you don't have any of these things, yet you are the one telling us what it is not about. Sister, brother, you are jealous. You are just a jealous person. Envy is what is doing you. There's no revelation. You are envious. Envy. So you see, I tell you and I show you a mystery. Believe in prosperity. Believe in taking your possession. Believe in it. Believe in it. Believe in the word of God. Believe what God says about it. The churches gave to Paul's ministry because it takes money to run ministry. The churches gave to Paul's ministry. When we get money, what we start thinking about is the gospel. When money comes to our hand, I start thinking, what have I not done yet for the gospel? What have I, I done yet for God? So I'd like to commend all those who partner, all those who give. You, we will never be able to quantify what you do for us. You are like those people in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1. He says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Oh, God. He said, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Praying us with much entreaty. In fact, these guys were begging Paul to collect it. That we would receive the gifts. To take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did. Not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. This is the point. They gave their own selves to the Lord. So these guys, it was beyond giving money. They were, they were on the altar. They were on the altar first of all. And because they were first of all on the altar, every other thing was just following it. I personally don't think I, I really own anything. Why? Because God can ask me for it anytime and I'm going to give it to him. When God says, I'm not attached to anything. I'm not attached to a car. I'm not attached to anything. But when you hear people have given their car, don't, don't be quick to think it is easy. Don't be quick to think you are, especially if you have never driven before. When you drive and you now give the car, you have driven the car for two months and you now give the car, you now know what we are talking about. If you are, in, you are, you are strong on the ministry of Uber, right, and you hear somebody has given his car, it looks normal. No, have a car first. Then you understand what it means understand what it means so it says they abounded onto the riches of their liberality they are giving they are giving so important so we have been on the topic of faith so what do we do what do we do we started from things that are faith spoilers things that corrupt faith Things that corrupt faith. We started with that. From there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. We came to how we can express our faith, how we can release our faith. I want to show you something. I bring out a point to you, First Corinthians chapter three, verse two. He says, "I have fed you with milk, thank you, Lord Jesus, and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are ye now able." For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now, what's Paul trying to communicate here? Paul is trying to communicate, guys, you have been having the wrong mindset all this while. Guys, you actually be having that wrong consciousness all this while because these people are human. In quote. But he challenges them with a question that's very strong. He said, For ye are yet carnal, for as there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? That means he's challenging them with walking as men. Which means they are not supposed to be walking as men. They are not supposed to be living as men. This, this is striking. Because I can imagine how the people will feel like when he tells them, why are you walking like human beings? They should have said, oh, we are human beings. No. He's telling them, no. You, it's like someone tells you, you are dancing like a chicken. He's telling you, you are operating below the level that you are. He says, you walk as men. You walk as men. That means the day you became born again, you're not supposed to be walking as a man. How do men walk? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. He says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. I would like to read the New Living Translation. It brings a very beautiful perspective here. He says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, come on, imitate God, imitate God. Then, let's look at when God was faced with a chaotic situation in the book of Genesis, and the earth was out from a void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. God was faced with a chaotic situation. There's a problem now. In the midst of the problem, he said the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What did God do because of the chaotic situation? So, if we are to imitate God, when there's a chaotic situation, we didn't see God crying here. We didn't see God lamenting. We didn't see God complaining to anyone. He says we should imitate God. Because first of all, he told them, he said, you are walking as man. That means they're not supposed to be walking as men. Then what are they supposed to be walking by, like? I showed in the book of Ephesians. He said they should imitate God. They should be imitators of God. That means when we look into the scripture, we learn the things that are God-like. Then we begin to imitate them. Faith is one of them. Because God is a faith God. The Bible says, He quickened the dead, then He calls things which be not as though they were. He calls things which be not as though they were. So, to imitate God, thank you Lord Jesus, to imitate God is to, is to call things which be not as though they were. Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Remember what He told them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, Are you not carnal and walk as men? Then in verse 6, he says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7, he said, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Because men walk by sight. Remember what Samuel told, uh, God told Samuel. He said, Man looks at the outward appearance. Man is full of sight. Man is full of sight. That is the walking of man. Man looks at this and calls this. Say, Oh, I can see this here. Seeing is believing. I can see this here, so it is here. I can see this thing here, so it is here. I can see this here, so it is here. That's what working as men. I look into my account, I'm not seeing any money, so I am broke. I look around me, things are not going well, so I am I'm a bad species. Nothing works for me. You're working as men. That's you're, you're carnal. You're carnal. I prayed, but God has not answered my prayer. How did you know God has not answered your prayer? You are 
definitely prove positive you're looking for something you're looking for the answer to the prayer for you to say god has answered your prayer but ladies and gentlemen he said for we walk oh thank you lord jesus he said for we walk by faith and not by sight we don't walk by sight we don't walk by what we see we don't walk by sensory perception we don't walk around looking at hey so i see a bottle of water here so yes there's a bottle of water here is that what god did in genesis chapter one no he said he called things which be not he called them he named them ladies and gentlemen naming oh god naming is spiritual naming is spiritual you see through the scriptures that god names he looked at abraham and says from today you are abraham and that was that was the demonstration of faith he called things would be not as though they were he called and said you are abraham father of many nations where was the child no child he named when god came into contact with jacob he looked at jacob he said from today you shall not be called swindler you shall be called israel he named him according to his destiny little wonder when he made adam the next thing he made him do he said to see what he will name them god was teaching adam the faith way name things name yourself i'm the blessed of god it's a name it's just a long name have you met people with very long names yes yeah, so it's one of my names i am the blessed of god it's it's my name you know the way you say i am pastor enoch i am franklin i am david i am mark that's what god does he names i am the truth i am the way god doesn't really deal with having i have the no i have light i have life i don't know god doesn't talk like that he doesn't have jesus said i am the light of the world the one who walks with me shall not walk in darkness he says but shall have the light of life he is not dealing with having you will have he is he is the thing he named himself i'm unshakable i'm indestructible i'm invincible i am i am i'm blessed i'm blessed i, I don't need to see money to say are, are you going to are you going to expect probably something you know people that's why people don't understand when we come to church and we're shouting it's like these people they are just happy people and they are just shouting so i name situations i name situations before i came up brown was showing me something that was going on social media i've named it the name of that thing is dead on arrival it's named dead i'm blessed Someone so he said, Blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. So you see the trajectory of the message from here. We first of all began with what distracts people from their faith. Then we now got into prevailing faith proper. We now began now the first things. I talked about were more defensive the things you need to take out so you can have you know bible says that holding the faith in a, with a pure conscience so sometimes some things must be purified before they can you know now be used bible says when the axe is blunt more effort is required when the axe is blunt more effort is required so sometimes it's not because the axe is not working. It's because the axe is blunt. So anytime they sharpen the axe, what they are doing is they are purifying the axe. They are removing some part of the axe that is rusted and blunt so that it can become sharp. So that's what we're doing from day one. We, we started with the purification of the axe. It says, if the iron be blunt and you do not wear the edge, then must more put... Um, then must he put to more strength. So you see that the person is trying so much to, to find himself walking in the supernatural because the person is polluted with, with in his faith. So we now began. We took away those things. Then we now began with desire. Jesus Christ said, whatsoever ye desire, that means that's the point of God's invitation. God always steps into, will never step into a matter until he has been able to stir desire. 
Sometimes those desires are kind courtesy of something you need. And sometimes too, God actually does their desire. Like for example, you hear most people who ever made contact with the healing anointing said, they were probably fed up with people being sick. Anytime they go to an hospital, they see people sick and they are touched, they are moved. What happened there was a desire was stirred within them. And God usually is the one who plants that thing. He plants that thing. Because, like, remember what I said concerning a desire. It's, it's God's legal way. You know? Because God wants to make an intervention. But if he makes you do it without your consent, it violates spiritual legalities. Well, how do I mean? It means you're a robot. It means you're a robot. So the truth is, the highest form of servitude to God, when you become born again, God shows you your rights and privileges. When you begin to ascend, when you begin to ascend, the highest form or the highest level or dimension in working with God is now becoming his puppet. Because at that time, your whole desire and will is handed over to him. He decides what to do with it. When you are, I'm going to use this one. This one is going to be a little funny. But I'm going to use this one to explain. When you are a, a, a baby Christian, that's when you say things like, I will pray. You know, the person I want to marry, I will pray. God should give me this kind of person. If God doesn't give me this kind of person, God hears my prayer. I want this kind of face. I want broad chest. I want this. I want six packs. I want that. So you begin to... And you, you can actually have scriptures to back it. See? You can actually have scriptures to back and say, this is what I want. When you start ascending in God... There's nothing like that. When you start ascending in God, you say, God, what will you have me do? Who do you want me to be with? Where do you want me to go? You don't have anything like, when I pray, God will give me what I want. No, 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 no. Over there, your desire has been intertwined with the desires of God. You're not looking for how beautiful the girl is. How handsome the guys. You're looking for the will of God. Now, the will of God is not synonymous with something you don't like. So don't think the will of God is always something you don't like. So you be hey, so something God is going to give you something I don't like. No. First of all, you have to psych your mind. Like Esther said, if I perish, I perish. You have to psych your mind. Whatever God gives me, we move. See? Whatever God gives me, we move. So we began with desire. God causes you to desire. We're going to move from desire. So go back to Psalm 1. We're going to move from desire. We're going to start this one today. From verse 2. So from verse 1, you saw that we talked about bless the man that walketh in the counsel of the godly. We purify the acts. In verse 2, he said, but his delight. Delight there is his desire. His desire, his love, his affection. You see, you see, he's at his affection. Remember what I, the scripture I shared in the book of James? He said, when desire had conceived, the desire is supposed to conceive. Desire is supposed to come to a strong desire. A strong desire. His delight or his desire or his affection is in the law of the Lord. It's in the word of God. So, after you purify the acts, we now start, God start looking at your desire. What is your desire? We finished looking at what was stopping you. Now, we now start beginning to look at your desire. What is your desire? What is your desire? Is it a healing? 
What is your desire? What is your desire? Is it hitting a financial target? We now start getting there. Now, when you start, when you start leaving desire and desires conceived, there's something that's very important because you're now coming to another place where you will have to say, where your mouth has to come in. Before, desire was burning on the inside of you. I want this. I want this. This is what I want. Two million copies of Rhapsody. Desire is burning. Desire is burning. After that, desire burns. The next thing is you begin to look and see. We'll go into that more detail tomorrow. I want to show you a few things. When you come to the place of saying something very important happens over there, you have to be case specific. Go back to Mark 11, verse 24. Mark 11, verse 23. This is, this is amazing. He said, be imitators of God. God calls things, right? God starts with the speaking. He calls things which be not as though they were. I want to show you something. Let's go. You know, we started this thing with the children of Israel. So let's go there. I'll come back here. The book of Numbers. Chapter 13. Numbers 13. Let's start from verse 30. You know, I've already given you the background of the, the, the story. So you know what we, we are dealing with. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Hmm. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were, <laughs> so we were in their sight. And my question every day is, how did you know that you were grasshoppers in people's sight? Assumptions and overthinking. I'm sure people think I'm not beautiful. Are you the people? My nose is too wide. I'm sure people think I'm not nice. Do you know how many people are admiring it? I'm too fat. I'm too fat. Who said? Who said? I'm too slim. Who said? You are thinking for people. Who are not even thinking about you? You know, like those people say, haters, haters, haters gone hate. Charlie, when we woke up, we are looking for some watcher to eat. You think someone is thinking about you? The key word here is, okay, now go to Numbers chapter 14, verse 36. Remember in verse 32, he said, 30 verse 32, he said, the people brought an evil report. Underline evil report there. So God did not judge them by the fear they had in them. He judged them by what they said. You know, some people think that adultery and fornication is a strong sin as compared to their voicing failure. Media, everything I do does not work. That, it is more, that one that we just said is more dangerous than adultery. God calls it an evil report. You can say, ah, but God, I cannot see it. What should I say? God says, it's an evil. It's evil. You know, sometimes we take some of these things lightly. Bible says, by thy words, you shall be justified. By thy words, you shall be condemned. So people go to hell because of the things they said. So I'm, I, I, in heaven, eh? some people who, who speak against men of God, in heaven, God will call them, come and defend what you said. He is this, come and defend. Can you defend it? He said, by thy words, you shall be justified. By thy words, you shall be condemned. Verse 36, Romans, um, Numbers chapter 14. And the men which Moses sent to save the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Listen, the people who brought the evil reports, what did they say? They said that the people, they are giants, we cannot take it. God said, you cannot what? You cannot take it. Okay, fine. None of them entered. Two people said they can take it. The two of them entered. Your words will decide your destiny. 
Let me tell you this. In life, never think you will get what you deserve. Ah, I'm a good person. Why is the good things not happening to me? You will never get what you deserve. You are more likely to get what you desire than what you deserve. And you are more likely to get what you say than what you desire. We are going somewhere. Why? Why didn't they enter? They did not enter. And the Bible says, because of unbelief. How was the unbelief tracked? Died by the plague before the Lord. What you say will decide a lot. Let me show you something in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. For Christ is... Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Those following Ten Commandments to be righteous. It's like some part of the Bible is not for them. They say, I'm not a man of God because I wore earring. And because Deuteronomy chapter... For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Everybody go. <laughs> the law does not produce righteousness again. He said, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Thank you, Jesus. Then he says in verse 5, look at this. He said, for Moses describeth the righteousness of the law. He said, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. He says, but the righteousness which is of faith, the one we belong to, he said, speak it on this wise. Not, he says, say not in thine heart. He said, the one that is of righteousness, speak it. The one of the law doeth. The one of the of righteousness of faith speaketh. Why? In the law. Once you say, oh, I want to, even if you're not from Israel, you say, I want to identify with the uh, God of, uh, of the Hebrews. They take you first thing, they circumcise you. Works. Doeth. 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 But if you're walking, you say, I want to identify with Jesus Christ. They say, say this after me. Say this. The one which is of faith speaketh. Go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23 again. We just kicked off, I tell you. The next sessions is going to be, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this man, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have so, he shall have whatsoever. Two things here I'm seeing here, which blows my mind. Remember what I said? I said, faith brings you into God's possibilities. He says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever then he walks down and says shall have whatsoever ladies and gentlemen nothing is impossible no one is disadvantaged whosoever can have whatsoever your inabilities they are mirage they don't exist the things you think you cannot do they don't exist whosoever faith brings you into god's realm there is 2d is there 1d there's no 1d there's 2d 3d I'm introducing to you GD. <laughs> I'm introducing you GD. That's God's dimension. I've introduced to you God's dimension. Where all things are possible. For whosoever shall say on this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Now, we have to bring out some very important things here. Over here, the emphasis, you know, some people say, ah, okay, then I'm going to tell a mountain to move. No, you have to, you have to understand what Jesus is saying. He's putting, you know, you have to read in context. When you start from Mark 11, you understand something was going on. So he used that as the example. He says, for verily I say unto you, verily, that means assured that this one does not fail. All right? This is one of the strongest teachings of Jesus. He said that whosoever, you know, whosoever comforts me, that means I can be anything I want. You know, you know this song. Ooh, uh, uh, this song by Sinatra. The word is a seed when planted on water grows to be great. You can be anything you want can achieve all your dreams if you only believe The word of God is here today, coming right at you. Would you believe it? Dare to receive. In a world where there's seasons and times, 
this is your season it's time to shine again ah this is your season it's time to shine again As I'm saying this, I'm ministering to somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. You may be down, may be discouraged. It will come to pass. <laughs> it's called and it came to pass. Be strong. Be encouraged. It's only for a while, 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 while. <laughs> the Word of God is here today. Working inside of you, would you believe it? Dare to receive. You're the one with the seasons and times This is your season It's time to shine again <laughs> Seasons and times This is your season It's time to shine again Time to shine again. It's time to shine again. Go back there. Whosoever. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That admission you have not gotten. Whosoever. That thing that you want to happen that has not happened. Whosoever. You've set, you've set a target with yourself to do for Rhapsody. Whosoever. You set out your heart to do some things. Whosoever. Shall say. He said, Shall say, oh, shall say. Then he used unto this mountain. What's the meaning? Case specific. Tomorrow we'll delve more into that. God, I want to start a new business. You are joking. You are not ready. You are not ready. You know, like I told you, they say, God, give me wisdom. Uh, if it comes, how will you know it has come? Specific. So faith always works with targets. Whosoever shall say, this mountain, that is why we set targets. Because without setting targets, you'll never be able to exercise faith. So shall say to this mountain there has to be this mountain so i look at two million copies as this mountain i begin to say to this mountain you are bread for me i'll do it then my, my tongues are different. <laughs> Your tongues become different because you look at whosoever shall say to this mountain, be imitators of God. God looks at void and chaos. Say so the spirit begin to move upon the, the face of the waters, staring desire. And God said, You begin to imitate God. You begin to look at it, begin to speak. Say, You, you are bread for me. 
You are bread for me. You are bread for me. You know, there's, there's one of uh, my daughters who has started this business of framing the word. Go and frame. Go and frame. Go and frame your target. Go and frame. Go and see her and do it. She gave me one. Frame scriptures. He said, but his delight. His affection is on the word of the Lord. Let those things be in your room. Remove Cristiano Ronaldo. Have scriptures everywhere. Let them be everywhere. Let them be everywhere. He said, let them be as frontlet before thy eyes. Jerome chapter 6. Let them be as frontlet before their eyes. Oh my God. Whosoever. That means, Pastor Enoch, you can be anything. Pastor Enoch, you can keep doing big things. Pastor Enoch, you can do because whosoever. Pastor Enoch, you can do, keep doing big things. Pastor Enoch, you can move into millions. Pastor Enoch, you can move into billions. Now I'm talking to myself. That means anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Pastor Enoch, anything is possible. Pastor Enoch, anything is possible. That means you can speak to a situation that is dead to come back to life. And you can also speak to a, a situation that's alive to die. That's why I said I could name that thing dead on arrival. No two ways about it. No two ways about it. Dead on arrival. Can speak to a situation that is not alive to live. Faith makes everything possible. It's impossible. At the point of faith, anything is possible. How did the man tell the wife? How did the man tell the wife? The wife says, I've miscarried. He said, it's not possible. Now serve me my food. So, the blood of the miscarriage that came out, what happened? The question is now, what happened? How did the, the, how did the child survive? Because if a miscarriage was anything to go by, the, the, the child has passed out. The man didn't sleep with the wife again. The wife took it. The child came out. Did the blood have to go back? I said, faith. I'll, I'll close with this. Romans chapter 10. I was reading. He said, the, verse 5, said the righteousness of the law. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which doeth these things shall live by them. He said, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Then what's he speaking? He says, say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is, who shall give me the two million dollars? Who shall bring me? Who will give me my school fees? Who will give me the capital? Who is faith is not thinking about that. Pastor always used to say something, and I'm saying the same thing. If human beings refuse to give me money, rats will wear shoe and bring it to me. Oh. Oh, there was a day offering had not come to Jesus. He said, Peter, go into the sea. The first fish you catch. Vomiting money is not part of the job description of fishes. But all of them, when need <laughs> arises, they must respond to the supply. You will complete what you want to do this year. You will see the manifestation of the God of big things in your life this year. You will complete everything. You complete everything. You complete everything. I said, if men refuse to give you money, angels will wear suits. If men refuse to give you what you are looking for, angels will wear suits and bring it to you. You just need to meet the requirement of faith. I told the lady who came today, I said, God is not magician. I said, God, God, God supply. Any faith that made God responsible for everything is an irresponsible faith. So, God, God is on one side. How what, is, what have you done on your side to receive this? That's the reason why I'm, I'm teaching on prevailing faith. The moment they told Jesus Christ that Lazarus is sick, he has to first talk. 
because what you say first in the midst of a situation determines what happens they come to give you bad news you say hey i'm dead you are finished the situation cannot be solved if it will be solved the kind of laws you will use are a different set of laws you will have to retract some of those words they come to tell jesus lazarus is dead he said the sickness is not unto death he went to continue what he was doing he says not to death he says not to death they bring you bad news the first thing you say matters the first thing you say matters that's actually the true condition of your spirit so when you notice that bad news comes and the first thing you say is a wrong thing it means you are you, you are not growing your the state of your heart is wrong that's the, the real condition is what you say first because that means that is your sub what's what is your subconscious they come to tell you this is what is going wrong in the house say so in the name of jesus christ the word of god is working in that house the word of god is working in my family the word of god is working in my job the word of god is working in my business you begin to use what you know what you say first will matter